welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Hey, we're going to make some declarations. Come on, y'all. We're going to speak this over ourselves today because this is what's going to happen this year. I said, this is what's going to happen this year. Say this with me. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I'm blessed to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and take dominion. I declare that 2020 is my year of transformation. Things are not just going to change for the better, but 2020 will be my best year ever. Come on, say that like you mean it. Best year ever. I declare that 2020 is double, double for me. Double blessing, double anointing, double portion of good things in every area of my life. I declare that according to Psalm 65:11, that God is crowning my year with goodness and my path will drip with abundance. I declare that as I am taught the word of God and applied, that I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Come on, everybody. Come on, you're speaking that over your life. So glad that you're here. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus that this last weekend of January will set the course for the rest of the year. Lord, I pray that even this week, the jobs and better jobs and raises and bonuses and benefits and settlements and estates and inheritances and interests and income and checks in the mail and finding money and bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received. God, I declare that this week, it will set in motion what you're going to do for this year. This is not just another year. This is the year of transformation. This is the year where you're gonna do exceedingly abundantly like we've never even imagined. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all. You believing with me? I'm believing for you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being here. Those of you that are watching online with us, thank you so much for being a part of us. Those of you that are and that will be um, watching later. We just greet you. Thank you for those of you that are in the house at Elevate Life Church. Again, it's just great, great to be with you. Um, As we finish this series on transformation, by the way, I just wanted to draw attention to that little (laughs) 12-year-old, Kennedy, that was leading in worship. If you don't think we're pouring into the next generation, you were just led into the presence of the Lord by a 12-year-old. And that's a testimony to what's happening in our, in our children's area. That's a testimony to what's happening on our worship team. And that's a testimony to what God's going to do in the future. We're going to raise up the next generation for the glory of God. Amen? But I thought that was so precious. It was like, it wasn't cute. It was like amazing. It was amazing. So... Uh, but anyway, this, we're going to be talking about transformation all year. And, uh, but I wanted to, on this last week, I wanted to talk about the revelation of tribe. The revelation of tribe. And before I get into to this, I just want to tell you that you might just be coming to church here because you're checking the church box. You you might be coming to church here because you've tried some other churches and you haven't really found your flavor. Um, But let me just tell you, for 20 years, we've been very strategic that we're not just a church, but that God is raising up a tribe in the earth for his glory. And that we have a chance to be a part of something very special that God is doing, amen? So I just wanted to kind of set that as this is not your mama's church, even though your mom might go here. Um, This is not like any church you've ever been in or that you'll ever be in. And the reason for that is because we know that we're strategic and intentional about creating a culture where the attitudes and the behaviors and the beliefs based on the word of God really do bring about transformation. 
and that the words that are spoken are going to come to pass in your life in Jesus' name, amen? So again, I don't say that egotistically. I say that because as the father of this house, I know. I know what kind of family this is. And I'm excited that you're a part of it. And I'm excited that, that you're, some of you are kicking the tires today. And I'm excited that, that in this season of your life, if you'll just get into the vibe of this tribe, you will see that God will do some extraordinary things in your life. Give us, give me one year and see if your life, I believe in the name of Jesus, is not 10 times better, 10 times better. So I say that just up front. And uh, again, so glad that you're here. Romans 12, one and two, New Living Translation. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be your body, a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I always ask this question, in fact, this afternoon, I'll leave here, get on a plane, and we start my mastermind week. I'll be in Alabama, I'll be in Georgia, and then back here this week. Some of you will be joining us as guests for our masterminds this week. But, but pouring into people, pouring into their personal lives, pouring into their businesses, um, to help bring about transformation. But I always ask this question and I'll ask it again this week in three different states with the people that I have the privilege to coach. And that is, where did you learn to think like you think? Where did you learn to think like you think? There is a way that you think. And based on where you've come from, whether you realize it or not, based on your ethnicity, whether you realize it or not, based on your nationality, whether you realize it or not, based on what you've been exposed to, both positively and negatively, it has shaped the way that you think. What's great about the way that you think is, the Bible says, don't copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So I just wanna ask for your involvement today just, and give me an amen if just for the next few minutes, you'll be open to letting God change the way that you think. Come on, would you be open to that? It's like, okay, if, if, if God, if your way really is better than mine, then help me get past the way that I think because your thinking will get you stuck. And I don't wanna be stuck, amen? So we're talking about letting God transform us into a new person. How does he do that? By the way that we think. So transformation means a supernatural synergy between God and man so man can align his spirit, soul, and body with the purpose of God. That's what I want. How about you? Like I wanna align my life with God's purpose for my life. Transformation means a supernatural formation. I form my life to the image of God. It is a progressive spiritual process of going from glory to glory in every stage of life. Now, again, that sounds very religious, but that's what the Bible says. If we look in the book of, of 2 Corinthians, it says we go from glory to glory. When you understand what the glory of God is, the Bible said that the whole earth will be filled with his glory. Jesus said in John 17, 22, Father, you've given me your glory, now I give it to them. In other words, we are capacitors. We are containers of the glory of God, evidenced by a fingerprint that nobody else has, evidenced by 1% in our DNA that nobody has ever had, nobody ever will have. So the glory of God that's in us is meant to Feel the world around us. I'm the one that brings the glory, not the gory. I'm the one that brings the solution, not the problem. I'm the one that brings the help, not the hurt. And see, when you really realize that, I see my dentist, Dr. Grapevine here. 
Like I don't work on my own teeth. By the way, I need to set an appointment with you. He helps me with my teethies. So my teeth, I submit my teeth, I submit this part of my life to his care because he's an expert. Now here's what you've got to realize. What you've got to realize about your life is that you have a particular glory that's related to your gifts, your talents, your abilities, that some of those things may even be undiscovered. Like there's some of you that you have a heart to have your own business. Now, for those of us that have had our own businesses for years, first of all, we say, you're crazy. <laughs> like if you think that's gonna be easier than what you're doing, the weight that you're gonna carry, the things that you're gonna think about at night are gonna be way different when it, it's all up to you to make it happen. But I just want you to hear this. The glory of God that's in you, that's evidenced by this fingerprint, that you have the power to leave an imprint everywhere you go, your gifts, your talents, your abilities. What's the difference? What's the difference in gifts and talents and abilities? Well, we all have gifts, but as I develop the gift, I become talented. Once I become talented, it becomes an ability. At that point, with God's help, and if, with, if my alignments are right, I can actually begin to monetize my gifts that have become talents, that have become abilities, and now they're competencies. And that's what I try to help people do in their life. What I try to help people do is to discover not only what their best and highest use is, but I feel like that God has gifted me to say, okay, this person has a gift. It's based on the glory of God. Every gift that you have, by the way, Jesus' brother James said it like this in, John 1, in James 1.17. He said, every gift is from God and it comes down from the Father in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. In other words, God is the one that gives us the gift of life. He gives us the gifts that we need in life that now I become responsible for taking those gifts, making those gifts a talent, making those talents an ability, making those ability a competency that not only I can just be compensated for, but Dr. Grapevine, that I can add value to somebody else's life, not just as a dentist, but, but whatever the glory of God that's in me, that my hands have been created for good works, okay? So what God wants us to understand is we've gotta be in, we've gotta be in environments that most of us never have been. We've been in school where they're teaching us about, I can't hear you playing back there. Play a little bit louder. Turn Arthur up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. That's better. Okay. So. Thank you. School was to teach you about writing, reading, and arithmetic. School was to teach you American school based on the industrial age of the 50s was to teach you not to develop your gifts and to talents, your talents into abilities, your abilities into competencies, but school was originally to teach you enough that you could get you a job and that you could get out of school and get you a job. And guess what major corporations are figuring out? They're paying young people now to do a four-year internship with them and bypass college. And that's the trend, that's where it's going. And so why? Because they've discovered that education unless you're a dentist, unless you're a doctor, unless you're an attorney, unless you're some type of professional that demands that type of training for that, that college is of none effect. And so some of you have a degree that you're not even using. How many of you got a degree from a college or university that you're not using in your business? Let me just see your hands. Everybody just look around for a minute. Now I'm not gonna ask how many of y'all didn't go to school, <laughs> but this church is full of entrepreneurs. I said, this church is full of entrepreneurs. And it's not, it's not that they're more special than anybody else, but guess what? They gotta get fuel somewhere for the spirit of an entrepreneur that they are. 
And so everybody has the ability to be an entrepreneur. Everybody has an ability to create something based on your gift. All of that to say this. Transformation is a spiritual progressive process of us going from glory to glory. Us developing our gifts, our talents, our abilities and the competencies that we can be compensated for. Therefore, we can add more value to people, be compensated more. And then watch this, but it's not just about that. What it's about is the glory of God in the earth is dot, 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 the goodness of God. I said the goodness of God. So God wants to take you from good to gooder. He wants to take you from good to great. He wants to take, so no matter what your life looks like right now, it may not be so good. Here's the good news. You're with the right people in the right place at the right time. And by the way, the right things are going to happen. Keep on keeping on, keep on keeping on. Because the promise is if we will allow, this is the biggie, if we will allow God to transform the way that we think, he said, there is no lid on your life. There's no lid on your life. There's no lid on your potential. So, so with that said, I'm talking about tribe. To truly transform, you have to align your think, your be, and your do with God. So if I'm gonna truly align with God, I'm gonna say, okay, you know what, God? I wanna be, I wanna be transformed by you, so I align my thinking. Just say that with me. I align my thinking. Help me, Lord. Come on, say it. Say, help me, Lord, with the way that I think. Say this out loud. Say, I want to think more like you than me. Say this with me. Say, help me, Lord, to be more like you. In my life, to do more like you. Help me to align my life with you. So to be truly transformed, I have to align my me with the right we. So the first thing that has to happen is if I'm gonna be transformed, I have to allow God to do that. So I have to decide to form spiritual formation, a progressive spiritual movement, if you will, towards going from glory to glory. Today is not as, as good as it gets in the name of Jesus. I said, today is not as good as it gets. Your marriage is not as good as it gets. Your job is not as good as it gets. Your career is not as good as it gets. You, your past is not gonna be better than your future. I'm prophesying over you now. Your future is gonna be better than your past. We, we, don't, we don't go from, from uh, one setback and then come back and then go set back, takes two steps forward or one step forward, two steps back. No, we who are being transformed go from glory to glory. Yes. By the way, if you're not transformed, you're just stuck. That's the case for transformation. So, so again, after I've aligned how I think, how I be, how I do with what God wants for my life, then the next important alignment that I have to make is me and invert the M to we, the W, to say, okay, who am I supposed to align my life with so that the transformation can happen? Listen very carefully now. It's not the family of origin that you were born into that gives you your self-worth. It's your family of choice who you choose to do life with that eventually will determine your value in the earth. Your net worth will be determined by your network. Eventually, your net worth will be determined by your network. But sometimes we're stuck because we think, well, here's what I came from. Here's the side of the tracks I came from. There's no opportunity for me. Listen, listen to what I'm telling you. To be transformed is to go from glory to glory. To be transformed is understand what the glory of God is. It's the goodness of God. So quiz, what's the glory of God? Come on, y'all, what's the glory of God? It's the goodness of God. So to be transformed from good to gooder, from good to best, that God's got great things for me, for us in our future, amen? But then I have to take responsibility if I'm gonna be transformed by God. That's what the Bible says. Be transformed by God in the way that you think. I have to align the way that I think, the way that I be, and the way that I do with what God wants according to his word. And then the second most important thing I can do is to get my me with the right we. 
is to get my gifts, my talents, my abilities, my competencies, the value that I add aligned with people who value what I bring. As simple as this sounds, it's not that simple. When Sam Walton started his retail business in 1950, he never knew what was gonna happen. He just thought, I'm gonna start a little store, have a few things that people can buy that would be more than just a grocery store, but kind of like just a, a store where people can buy like whatever they need. There'd never been a store like that. There'd been only special stores, specialty stores. He opened his first Walmart in 1962. There's no way that he could have envisioned 30 years later when he died, 1992, that he would be worth $8.6 billion. But that's, you know, you hear that and you go, oh yeah, no, Sam Walton, that's amazing. But as Paul Harvey used to say, now the rest of the story. What Sam Walton did that was different than most people in history that have ever done is he turned his self-worth, watch this now, into family worth. He brought all his kids into the business. He brought all of his kids, let me say it a different way, into his thought processes. He brought all of his kids into the way that he was as a person. He brought all of his kids into the way that he did business. Today, for those of you that don't know, the richest family in the history of the world are the Waltons. In the history of the world. Oh, you hear about sultans and you hear about people in Saudi Arabia. Mm-mm. No, no, not even close. Listen to this. At the top of this family in 2019 are Jim and Alice Walton. They're each worth more than $44 billion. And on the Forbes list, they're ranked 16th and 17th. Sam Walton in 1962, when he started this Walmart, had no idea. Listen, he had no idea that his thinking, his being, his doing, that his me that aligned with the right we's, that his own personal transformation that happened as a little Arkansas businessman riding around in his red truck, he had no idea that not only would he create a family that would be the richest family in the world, but he would create the world's largest company. So it wasn't just about the Walton family, y'all listen to me. It was about a tribe that he built, a way of thinking, a way of being, a way of doing. This is called the revelation of the tribe. Listen very carefully. By 2019, the revenues of the world's largest company were $514 billion with 1.5 million U.S. associates. If those people constituted their own city, Walmart as a company would be the fourth, I'm sorry, the fifth most populated city in America. The company operates nearly 1,200 retail stores worldwide, 5,362 stores in the United States. But while the Walton's family of origin are the wealthiest family in the world, listen very carefully now to what I'm about to tell you, they are not the wealthiest tribe in America or in the history of the world. That designation is held by a group of people, a family of choice, called the Jews. Now everybody get ready because I'm about to lay some stuff on you that is the revelation of the tribe. One third of all American multimillionaires are Jewish. Jews make up only 2% of the US total population Yet 45% of the top 40 Forbes richest Americans are Jewish. 
The percentage of Jewish households with income greater than 50,000 is double that of non-Jews. On the other hand, the percentage of Jewish households with income less than 20,000 is half that of non-Jews. Now listen very carefully. I know I'm giving some statistics, but 20% of professors at leading universities are Jewish. 40% of partners in leading New York and Washington DC law firms are Jewish. 30% of American Nobel Peace winners in science and 25% of all American Nobel winners are Jewish. So I wanna to talk to you about tribe for just a second. God chose Abraham in Genesis 12, and he said, hey Abraham, I'm gonna make your name great, and I'm gonna make you great. And in fact, I'm gonna make all the families of the earth great because of you and through you. People who bless you, I will bless. People who curse you, I will curse. You see, Abraham, now here's, here's what God didn't say. I'm looking for not just a person that would be willing to take on uh, what, this assignment of being so blessed and all the complexities that come with that, but I'm looking for somebody that'll build me a family and that that family will become a tribe in the earth and that that tribe will become a nation and that nation will become a kingdom and that nation will reflect me and that kingdom will reflect me and how I roll in the earth. Deuteronomy 14:2, God said, you've been set apart as holy to the Lord your God and he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. The Jews as a tribe slash people group can be best described, listen very carefully now, as a cohesive ancestral group with particular customs, traditions, and values. What we can learn from the most successful tribe in the history of the world, which is where we get our Judeo-Christian roots from, is to ask the question, what are the success templates or the templates of success that have made the Jewish tribe and the Jewish people so successful? What is it, that made, what's, what's, what is it that's made 2% of the United States population more successful than most of the population? Well, they're just Jews, they're just lucky. Listen very carefully now, here's the revelation. Number one, what has made the most successful tribe and the most successful family in the history of the world so successful is they know what matters most. My kids in my family, they know what matters most. I did not know what mattered most in the Kraft family, Dr. Grapevine. I had no idea. We were just working hard for the money. That's how most families are, most families, they're not teaching what matters most in our family. They're just thinking, go to school, get a good education, be, be good, don't be bad. Don't get messed up, don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with the girls that do. In other words, just let's have a good family, let's have a good marriage, let's have a good career, and let's retire. Because we're Americans. And that's what Americans are supposed to do. And frankly, with all due respect, that's the kind of family I grew up in. And most likely you do too. With all the dysfunction. What's that? Separation, divorce, some of you abuse, weird families, two families getting together and calling it blended. Where you get put in a blender and it gets turned on and everybody gets ripped apart. That's what a blended family is. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's gonna be so great. Get ready to turn the blender on because this is how you mix everything up. Everybody gets chopped up first. Well, you're not my real daddy. Why are you telling me? That's not my mother. You're not gonna talk, you're not gonna tell. What is the revelation of the tribe? 
Listen very carefully now. You got to know what matters most. Core values are what matters most that empower you to live a life that most matters. Our Elevate Life core values, our tribe in this church, here's what's most important to us. Relationships, honor, transformation, and generosity. And so how do we tag what we're doing this year? This is a big year for you, a big year for us because you are us. What does this mean for us this year? That we're gonna focus on relationships to know God. We're gonna focus on honor to grow closer. We're gonna focus on transformation to go serve. We're gonna focus on generosity to sow generously. So everybody say this with me, say, no God, come on. No God, grow closer, go serve. So generously, you're gonna hear that over and over and over this year. Why? Because we're trying to brainwash you? No, because we're trying to bring about transformation in the name of Jesus in your life. And it's all based on these core values. In the Elevate Life Church family, this is what matters. I was not taught this, but I am the spiritual father of this house and the spiritual father of my children. And I did teach them what's, what's most important. And guess what? they've realized this stuff really does work. Like it really does work. Sam Walton, when he's, when he's laying out his what matters most, the Jewish people, when they're deciding what their customs and their beliefs and their behaviors are, and they're laying those out and everybody as a cohesive group says, yeah, I buy into that. That's what's one of the things that's made them the most successful people group in the history of the world. In America, we're taught independence. Entrepreneur is a self-made man or a self-made woman. How many of y'all are smart enough to know there's nobody self-made? Come on, there's nobody self-made. Well, I got my own business. No, you don't. You, you got partners, you got people, you got clients, you got people that you have to depend on. What's most important, not your business, watch this, and not even that you're married and you have a family. What's most important is that you know what matters most in your family and you know what matters most in your business. Then you can build a strong tribe. So, know what matters most. What's the secret of the Jewish people? What's the secret of the Walton family? They know what matters most. Here's the second thing, you have to decide your tribe. Well, I'm just not really getting fed in that church. I think we'll go over and try this church. And some people, that's what they do. They spend their whole life just, just jumping churches and not realizing, at least in this church, this is about being a part of a tribe. Listen, y'all, that we are gonna change the world in the name of Jesus. I mean, I believe it 100%. And that change starts happening on the inside of each one of us when we know what matters most. But you have to decide where your tribe is. Now listen, I'm gonna say something, it's gonna blow you away and it's 100% true. The Jews are not a race. Hitler tried to tell everybody they were. Let's alleviate that race. They're not a race of people. There is no specific genetic code for Jews. They're Caucasians. That's their genetic code. According to Rabbi, Rabbi Donan's book, To Be a Jew, the terms Hebrew, Israelite, and Jew have been used interchangeably. Israel was the alternate name for Abraham's grandson, Jacob. His 12 sons and their descendants became known as the children of Israel, then the Israelite nation. Jew is derived from Judah, the son of Israel or Jacob. So then what does being a Jew mean? Here's what it means, to enlist in the tribe. Did you know if you decide to be a Jew, you could? You'd have to be approved by the local rabbi. And personally, I wouldn't recommend it because there's a whole lot of rules that go with that. And in this family, there's not a whole lot of rules. You're good. But there are some values. See, rules won't change you, but values will. Rules won't transform you, but values will. See, so there's a lot of people, they think by doing the rule thing. And so watch this. There are more non-practicing Jews religiously than there are practicing Jews. Why is that? Because they don't want the rules. But watch this. They want the benefits of the values though. 
Man, I'm going to just stop and say this real quick. You can't imagine the people in the last 20 years that have come in and out of this tribe and have benefited and taken from the tribe and gone on. You can't even imagine. You can't imagine some of the people that I've coached that have become multimillionaires and then found their mate in this house and then for whatever reason, they just think we're supposed to go somewhere else. What? Your life like exploded here. How could you ever leave the tribe? Oh, well, you know, just some friends for a reason, some for a season, some for a lifetime. That's what you say. That's exactly what I say. Because people have proved that. But I'm telling you, you got to decide your tribe. And most people, listen, they have a lid on their success. First of all, because they don't know what their values are. They're not aligned with a tribe that has larger values that they can incorporate into their values. But watch this. And then they've never decided their tribe or they've never decided my me is going to be with that we. So... I need a, sorry, sorry, guys, I have just my nose, excuse me for a second. You can turn my mic down if you will. So to become Jewish means to enlist in the tribe. It is more than a belief system that one adopts. Listen now very carefully. It's values, attitudes, behaviors, and thought processes that dictate a way of life. What is it that separates the Jews apart from all other people groups in the world? It's their values, it's their attitudes, it's their behaviors, and it's their thought processes. So the story of Ruth in the book of Ruth. I love this story because here's, here's Ruth with, with Orpah, and they, they are, are Moabites, and Elimelech and Naomi Things were bad in their land. So they moved from where they were. And long story short, they moved to Moab. And they found work there. And their sons married Moabite women. By the way, your children are going to marry out of the tribe that you're in. We don't. Yes. So based on the tribe that you're a part of as a parent, hey, that little 12-year-old Kennedy up here singing, I think about who their parents are and them having her planted in the house of the Lord. And at 12 years of age, I was not on a stage leading worship. Were you? I wasn't leading a large church in worship when I was 12. You know what I was thinking about? When can I ride my bicycle next? (laughs) Do I have to go to school Monday? She's out here going, come on, let's enter into worship. And I know some of y'all aren't phenomenated by this, but I've raised children. I'm phenomenated by that. That's amazing. Trying to get your kid at 12 to look the adult in the eye. Look them in the eye. (laughs) You're not... Anyway, I can't even say that word. You have your full capacity, so act like it. So they go to Moab. Naomi's sons marry these two women, and then Elimelech dies, and the two sons die, and it's just Naomi and her daughters-in-law that now really aren't daughters-in-law because her sons are dead. And she, they are dirt poor, nothing's happening. Her husband's gone and they, they don't have anything. And she said, I'm going back to my homeland. I'm going back to Bethlehem where I'm from and the land where I was born and I'm gonna die there. And I don't expect you girls to go with me because this is where you're from. And Orpah said, Thank you so much. I love you, Naomi. I'll never forget the time that we had. She went on with her life. We don't know what happened to her. But here's what Ruth said. Listen, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And where you go, I will go. That's tribe. 
I said, that's tribe. That's not daughter-in-law. That's not husband's dead. No hope for the future. She made a decision. She decided her tribe. I'm with you. She goes back to Bethlehem, poor, broke, no promise of a future. Two women in that culture, it was a very negative thing. And they're gleaning in some fields. Some of you know this story. They're gleaning in the fields. And according to God's laws with the Jewish people, he said, don't just take all the harvest for yourself. Leave a portion for the poor. This is how Jews think. And while they're gleaning in the field, a man by the name of Boaz shows up that owns the field and he sees Ruth. And he says, who is that? Here's what nobody said. She's a person that decided not to be a Moabite and come to Bethlehem. She's a person that decided what her tribe was gonna be. She connected herself to Naomi. And because she connected herself to Naomi, she's in Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. It would be the future birthplace of Jesus Christ. She's in that place. And Boaz shows up and says, we'll leave even more for her. Not because, listen, she was pretty, but because she decided her tribe. In other words, the blessing started coming her way. Then Boaz starts spending some time with her and then he marries her. Why? Because she was Naomi's former daughter-in-law? No, because she was a woman who decided what her tribe was. She was a woman who decided, I might be a Moabite, but your people are gonna be my people. I'm gonna go where you go. Your God's gonna be my God. Your values are gonna be my values. And watch this, Boaz and Ruth had a son named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse. Jesse had a son who became a king, King David. And King David was the great, great father of Jesus Christ. Only because there was a woman who decided who her tribe was gonna be. Listen, I cannot help you. Listen very carefully. I cannot help you and God cannot help you if you don't decide your tribe. You can come to church, God cannot help you. You can read the Bible, God cannot help you. You can know all the scriptures, God cannot help you. When you decide your tribe, God can help you. You can believe what I'm saying or not, but I'm telling you what, when you decide what your tribe's gonna be, You've just set yourself up for every good thing that God has in your future. And it's no longer about me, it's about we. Here we go. Here we go. So, Ruth was a Moabite who chose to become Naomi's family of choice. That's what we talk, this is our language at Elevate Life Church. We're not a church, we do membership, we're a family of choice. Some of you have never been a part of a great family. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. We're gonna have a great family. I said, we're gonna have a great family and we're gonna be a lot better because of you. The reason, I wanna give you a revelation. The reason God has a chosen people. Why would God choose Israel? Why would God choose Abraham? Listen very carefully. The reason God has a chosen people is because he wanted a people that he could show his goodness to and demonstrate his power through that group of people that would choose him and therefore they would become living examples of what chosen ones look like. Why would God choose Israel? He didn't choose Israel. He chose Abraham just like he chooses you. He says, Keith Craft, it doesn't matter if your daddy was Jim Craft and he believed in me or not. To my knowledge, my own father never gave an offering. To my own knowledge, my father, my, my father of origin, to my knowledge, never gave an offering to God. He was always the one pushing back. I'm not saying that to disrespect him. I'm just telling you, he never bought into the tribe. When we would go out to eat, he wouldn't even tip. And his thought, I remember asking him one day, dad, why aren't you tipping? He said, because they make money. 
I said, they make about $2 an hour and they depend on tips, dad. He's an adult. He didn't know this. He came from poor. And in his mentality, some of you don't realize you've come from that and it's put a lid on you and it's kept you from being generous. So I just lavished him, especially later in life with generosity to where he got it. Now, I'm not saying that to make myself look good. I'm just telling you, somebody in the family has to say, this is how this family's gonna roll. This is how we're, this is how we're gonna operate. This is how we're gonna be as people. Listen very carefully. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Listen very carefully. You don't have to buy into this tribe, but find your tribe. Decide your tribe. And if there's a better one than us for you, go, please. Because I believe God wants to demonstrate, watch this, his goodness to a group of people that will become living examples of his goodness in the earth. The Jewish tribal way of thinking, a couple of things, they're gonna put it on the screen. Your history does not determine your destiny. Your history doesn't determine your destiny. That's their way of thinking. That was Ruth. I might be a Moabite, but Naomi, wherever you go, I'm gonna go. Who your people are gonna be, that's gonna be my people. Find your who's and you won't have to worry about the where's and you won't have to worry about the what's. Let me say that again. Find your who's and you won't have to worry about the where I'm going or what I'm gonna do. Know your who's. Second thing, Jewish, how did the Jews think? They are committed to personal growth and development and learning is important to them. One example, listen very carefully because there's no way you could know this. One example of this is after World War II, Jewish veterans took advantage of the GI Bill for educational benefits at the rate of twice the general population. Whereas people that fought World War II just went back home. They were just glad the war is over. Hey, let's get on with our life. Let's get on with our family. The Jews were the one group of people twice more than any other people group that said, we're gonna take, take advantage of the GI Bill and we're gonna get educated. There is actually an educational advantage with both Jewish men and women 84% of college-age Jews are enrolled in colleges versus 40% of non-Jews. Biography Magazine, ladies, you'll appreciate this, reported 50% of the 25 most powerful women in the world are Jews or from Jewish families. Oh, they're just God's chosen people, I guess. No, 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 let me tell you something. God chose a man that raised up a family that became a tribe. And God said, I'm gonna keep putting my hand on you, even though you're dysfunctional, you don't do all the right things, but I'm gonna show my goodness to you because you give me enough to work with and you're gonna become living examples now and in the future of what my hand being on a group of people looks like. And you're gonna lead in commerce. You're gonna lead in science. You're gonna lead in law. You're gonna lead financially in the world. And I'm just telling you, I am just delusional enough to be that if the Jews can get it, we can get it and build a tribe here at Elevate Life Church that changes the world. I believe it. How did Jews think? Listen, strategic and elevated thinking skills are encouraged in Jewish communities. 40% of American Nobel Prizes in science and economics have been awarded to Jews, as I mentioned. How did Jews think? Family values are important. And in many Jewish communities are connected to God as being the source of life and the subsequent blessings that come into their lives. How did Jews think? Listen to me. Generosity is a way of life. It's not something they do, it's something they are. The Talmud says, you are only as wealthy as the amount you are able to give. Isn't that a thought process? How did Jews think? 
that's made them the wealthiest, most successful tribe in the history of the world. Wealth is good. Would you let that come out of your mouth? Wealth is good. Maybe you've never thought that, but say it again. Wealth is good. Poverty, here's what they say. Poverty is not a virtue. And the first Jews were not poor. The founding fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were blessed with cattle and land in abundance. How did Jews think? The recognition of rabbis and priests in Jewish culture from the Jewish people. God shows Aaron from the tribe of Levi and all his descendants to be the priest that was like a father to his son, connecting the priest with sons and daughters who bless them. Now I'm gonna give you a little factoid that I think is just so funny. In modern culture, Leonard Nimoy was not a Vulcan, he was a Jew. He adopted the V-shaped sign with his hand on Star Trek as a salute. And here's what he said in his own words. This was a greeting of peace and my yearning for blessed peace and an age old quest of the Jewish people to be blessed and to bring a blessing in the earth. On the show Star Trek, he would make the V-shaped sign of the old rabbis and the priest and he would say, the priestly blessing, say it if you know it, live long and prosperous. Live long and prosperous. I said, live long and prosperous. It ain't a Star Trek thing. It ain't a Vulcan thing. It's a Jewish thing. Come on, put an amen on that. Amen. Here's the last thing. And I'm just giving you a template. What can we learn? What success templates? This, is, this has been my whole life journey. That's why I have thousands and thousands of books. I learn from the best. What can we learn from the Jewish people? What can we learn from the Walter? What can we learn from people that have not just created a great life and a great family, but a great tribe and a great culture? What can we learn? Number one, you gotta know what matters most. In this family, what matters most to us? Help me out now. Relationship, honor, transformation, generosity. What matters in this tribe? Say it with me. Relationship, honor, transformation, generosity. In this tribe, that's what matters. So we're going to know God. Come on, help me. We're going to know God. We're going to grow closer. We're going to go serve. We're going to sow generously. Some of you've never been in a family like this. You've never been in a family where you were taught this is what matters, this is what matters most. And I'm just here to tell you, I'm 60 years old, y'all. I freaking, with the power of God, beat a heart attack. God made me, gave me another chance to live. And I'm gonna spend the rest of my life helping to create a tribe in the earth that God can demonstrate his goodness to and that we can be living examples of the goodness and glory of God in our life, amen? So you gotta know the values, you gotta decide your tribe and then you gotta roll with the tribe. I don't mean R-O-L-L, I mean R-O-L-E. What's your role here? Uh, Dr. Grapevine, I've been pointing you out today, but uh, like, does everybody in your office have a role? I mean, you don't like hire people and go, yeah, you know, y'all just figure it out. <laughs> this is how a lot of churches are. Hey, we're glad y'all came. Hope you figure your life out. Here's your three point message today. God bless you, be in peace. Make sure you're giving the offering today. No, everybody in the tribe has a role. Everybody at your job has a role. Cody, if they don't do their role. I'm not good at firing. I'm not good at firing. I, I delusionally believe I can help everybody. So somebody can really suck really bad. And I would just keep, keep them going on. And then Josh, sweet little Josh. Josh has started to run our staff now and he goes, we need to fire that person. I go, well, son, is there anything we can do to help him? No, dad, can't. Sure can't. And, um, and by the way, 
my sisters need to step up their game too. So anyway, that's, that's, that's like... Hey, you got to know your role in the tribe. Listen very carefully. I'm just giving you the template. I'm not preaching a message to you. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. If this isn't one of your favorite scriptures, it needs to. Because I'm prophesying over you. The world of the generous gets larger. Come on. And larger. Come on. It gets larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Some of y'all can't figure out why your life is the way it is. It's because you're stingy. You're stingy. Don't you love to be with stingy people? It's beautiful. It's like, hey, all due respect. I'm gonna go out to eat with you. Y'all get yours and I'll get ours. No, no, no. If you go out with me, you have to beat me to the check. And most people do not do it. They cannot beat me. Mike beats me every once in a while. Mitch beats me every once in a while. Even my kids, sometimes they beat me. But hey, if the world of the generous gets larger and larger, I'm going to be generous. I said, if the world of the generous gets larger and larger, I'm going to be generous. So what's my role? My role in life, not just in this tribe, but my role is to model generosity. Interesting factoid. America is home to only 5 million Jews. Only 5 million but 20% of all U.S. foreign aid goes to Israel. Oh, you say, why? There's a lot of reasons. Reasons we may understand and reasons we may not understand. But one of God's original promises in the Bible says, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. And you and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. How much does Israel get of your taxpayer money every month? $10.5 million. We could use that here at home. We could use that to feed the poor. Or we could use that to bless a little tiny country that's surrounded by a whole lot of enemies that God says, if you will bless them, I will bless you. Let me give you some good news. Those of you who come to Christ, you are the seed of Abraham and Abraham's blessing comes on you. Dave Long, I am Abraham's seed in the earth. The Bible says in Psalms 122, verse six, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. So how do we roll? How does generosity play out at Elevate Life Church? Here's Here's my hope for you. Here's my hope for you because I'm going to live this and I'm going to model this and I have. Honor consistently, spend wisely, save diligently, sow generously. How do we roll? How do we roll? My challenge to you as a part of this tribe is to adopt that. Honor consistently. Recently, there was somebody that I had a relational conflict with and my little precious Sheila said to me, because they asked they ask for me to bestow favor on them. And they're not right with me. This person is not right with me. And little Pastor Precious goes, well, honey, you know how you are. You don't honor people because they deserve it. You honor people because you're honorable. So you just do what you do. And so guess what I did? I honored them. Because you know why? That's how I'm going to roll. Oh, you dishonored me? I'll tell you what. I'm going to dishonor you. Oh, you hit me? I'm going to hit you back. Oh, you disrespected me? I'm going to disrespect you back. That's the world. That's not the most successful people in the earth. I said, that's not the most successful people in the earth. 
Welcome to the family. We're in this church, in this tribe, in this family, in the name of Jesus. There's gonna be some of the most successful people in the earth. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Honor consistently, spend wisely. What does spend wisely mean? Don't waste money. I'm not gonna take a lot of time, just don't waste money. Save diligently. I don't have time to go into this, we're at the end. But a portion of your income needs to be going back that you never touch for the future of your family. And then the last thing is give generously. Now, let me just tell y'all something before I dismiss you. Listen very carefully. I have a friend named Nathan. He goes to this church. He's in my mastermind. I also coach him personally. He coaches prize fighters. He's oftentimes in Las Vegas, some of the biggest fights in the world. You know what he told me recently? He said, hey, Pastor Keith, I just want you to know something. Where I'm headed in my life financially, he said, that's how I tithe. I don't tithe based on what I make. I tithe based on where I want to be. So Pastor Sheila, I'm announcing this to you for the first time in front of God and everybody. Starting this weekend, you and me are going to tithe on where where we're going. We're not going to tithe on where we are. Because I'm going to show God that, guess what? My generosity starts with what I'm believing for. Now, I don't know if you'll take that challenge, but let me just invite you to do it today. If you're not making $100,000 a year, and you say, I'd like to make $100,000 a year, why don't you just tithe on that this week? If you're not making $200,000 a year, you want to make $200,000, why don't you just tithe on that this week? You say, man. How can you ever get there if you don't think there first? See, this is where people, this is, this is the lid on us. Because we give ourselves all kind of reasons of why not to be generous. And I'm just telling you, that's one way that generosity can start. But I also want to encourage you, in this season, I have announced, and I'm just telling you, in the name of Jesus, it's going to happen for me, it's going to happen for my family of origin, and in the name of Jesus, for everybody that will buy into this, it's going to happen for our family of choice. This year is double-double. I said, this year is double-double. I'm believing God for that, so guess what? I'm going to be generous like that. So how we're going to end today is we're going to give. How I, I, I strategically said, Josh says, don't do the offering where we normally do the offering. You know why? Because I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to buy into this and to say, on the last weekend of January, I'm going out of this month. And here's what my prayer was when I prayed this morning and when I prayed for you. God, let this be a day that shifts everything for the rest of the year. Did y'all hear all those amens that must have been in heaven? Let this be a day that shifts everything for the rest of the year. Come on. Now, that ain't just going to happen. You've got to be generous towards that happening. So I'm going to invite you to join me today. I'm going to invite you to give today. I'm going to invite you, if you're watching online, to give today. And let's just, let's just one weekend, let's just one weekend tithe on what we'd like to make. Don't be pie in the sky. Well, I'd make $10 million. I'd be real. <laughs> that is going to be real for me. Everybody put an amen on that. But let's be real. Let's be real. Say, here's what I'm going to tithe on based on what I think is feasible for me to make. And if you double this year, which I'm going to in Jesus' name, y'all agree with me, come on, that, that if you double this year, then what would that look like? Amen? So let's get ready to give. Ushers, get ready. I want to mention one other thing to you. Listen very carefully what I'm going to say. When we talk about rolling and generosity, R-O-L-E, I'm believing God to give me 100 people this year that I'm going to call a legacy team. Now listen very carefully. On this legacy team, these 100 people, no matter what you gave last year, it doesn't matter. Whatever you gave last year, if you will have the faith with me to add $10,000 to it this year, I want you to be a part of a legacy team. You say, why that amount? Because this year, we got a lot of stuff we need to do around this house. We got a lot of stuff we need to take care of. Do you know that, that I mean, th- this is fun stuff, right? 
like, like our original building, which is now uh, LPS school, uh, the air conditioning units are 16 years old. We got to replace the air conditioning units. Isn't this spiritual? That's $400,000 for air conditioning units. You say, well, I just want my money to go to the poor. Well, if we're not here, money's not going to go to the poor. So the bottom line is we got to take care of some house stuff this year. That's just one thing. I could give you a whole list of things. But on this legacy team, these people are going to help me knock it out because 100 people doing 10,000 more than they did last year is a million dollars more. That's it. Some of y'all give a million dollars this year all by yourself. Is that three people that are really delusional that just said amen? (laughs) But hey, I want to be that kind of delusional person. Amen? Amen. So let's get ready to give. And uh, ushers, if you would, I think some ushers have this, but if you would, we've got 40 people that have committed to do this, so I need 60 more people. But if you would be interested, you and your wife, you and your husband, you praying about this and say, whatever I gave last year, doesn't matter what it was, I'm going to add 10,000 to that. I'll find a way. If you're interested in that, you'll at least pray about that. Raise your hand and ushers, I want you to pass these out and just fill this out for me, okay? So just lift up your hand if you're interested in that. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Just keep your hand raised. Just say, doesn't matter what you gave last year, I'm just gonna add 10,000 to it. I'll figure out a way and let's take care of the house of God, amen? So just take that, fill that out. And you know what I just believe? I believe what the Bible says, that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Come on, I believe it in the name of Jesus, amen? So that's it. I went a little bit long, but I hope you got that. Let's don't live life our own way. I'm not, I'm not going to live like the crafts. I'm going to live like the Jews. I'm going to live like God's chosen people. Come on, y'all. I'm not going to live like I was raised. I'm going to live way better than I was raised. Amen. So let's, let's get that. And let's be a family of choice in the earth that God puts his hand on. And God, I just pray that your goodness will be shown to these people. Your goodness, that we will be living epistles, living examples of your goodness. And as we give generously today, God, start now. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Amen. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your generosity. How do we roll? We are generous, y'all. We sow generously. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.